Welcome back. We're here with season four of the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Tomah Taylor, and I've been conversing with the mad podcaster. And quite frankly, he's very mad. We're going to try to find out why, so we'll take some questions from one of our live Twitter followers. Yes, ma'am. Please state your name and where you're from. Hi, my name is Felicia, and I'm from Hialeah, and I just don't understand why you so mad. Like, what are you so mad about? Yo, first of all, first of all, you can't be asking me no questions. You know what I'm saying? Yo, yo, who the fuck is you? You know uh, what I mean? Me. Like, yeah, you can't be asking podcast. me no questions. This yeah, I'm gonna tell you why I'm mad. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you why I'm mad. Like, like they, like these hosts out there, they in these million dollar studios, they dropping hot takes. You know what I mean? They got tea, they got all that shit. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, language. I'm still living with my moms. I'm making podcasts. I ain't made no money yet. This my fourth season, yo. This my fourth season, and I ain't made a dime yet. This dude dropped one take. He make wild shows. That cold pizza show, it was cool it was i i mean i got more john blaze than that i mean i got john blaze taste and and they're not even recognizing they're not even recognizing and fuck is that yo yo who is you to be asking me question yo who is you i got to talk i got to tell how i feel i got to talk about sports how i see it this goes out to you this goes out to you and you and you this was out to you. This was out to you. This was out to you. And you and you. Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of the Mighty Sports Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Talento Mars Taylor. It is another beautiful day down here in South Florida. It is Wednesday, February 27th. We are sitting on just about, what is it, 75 degrees. It's a little bit rainy. It's one of them choppy days everywhere in the north. Oh, you're going to do it. They're kind of weather. They're getting a little bit of snow. Down here in South Florida, we get a little bit of rain, but it's still kind of warm. Got my shoes wet, but what's not what we're here to talk about today. Today we got on the menu. Listen, we got a little bit of hit and tell. We got some rubbing tubs. We got some explosion and some familiar faces. Before we go anywhere, can I say happy birthday to the great Rick Flair. Woo! But you know what I say, regardless of the time. Take that, take that, take that. Now regardless of the weapon. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. It's always a good time to talk some sports. So... Let's start talking. Woo! Back at it like a sports fanatic. Let, let, we, we just gonna hop right in here because there's been some big news that's been happening. I mean, some really big news. First so, of all, first of all, first things first. We gotta get into this Robin Tub situation. I don't know if you heard yet, but New England Patriot Robert Kraft finds himself arrested. Not just brought up in charges, not just accused, arrested. For the illegal solicitation of sexual acts. Basically, he was hiring prostitutes. And let's put it they get caught again. The New England Patriots, they get caught again. And, and this happens to be like the combination of Spygate and the Fleet Gate, right? Because he gets in a rub and tub on not on the weekend of the of the AFC Championship game. He gets caught on camera, so he's been filmed twice getting his balls drained. That's the New England Patriots. Spygate plus the, plus the flake gate. Stupid, 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 stupid. Now, the, the one, number one thing that probably pops into most people's heads immediately is this is Robert Kraft. Why is Robert Kraft sitting out here paying $60 for rubbing tubs to get his rocks off when... He, not only one, has a young-ass wife, right? He already has one of those. Or a young-ass female compatriot. But he has tons of money. And we're talking about tons and tons 
of bucos of dollars. And yet he's over here paying $60 for rubbing tubs. Well, most people, the reason why they keep bringing that up, because they're probably thinking, like, why is he paying $60 for rubbing tubs when he, could be, well, he should be paying $6,000 for an escort for the night that can get his rocks off the same way? And there goes your problem. I'm not worried about that. That's a you problem. That's a you and a money problem. Because people like Robert Kraft keep their money because throughout their life, they've been getting the opportunity to take advantage of the $60 rub and tub because ultimately it's about getting your rocks off versus $6,000 for an escort. The rub and tub was going to be just as discreet as the escort and you didn't have to worry about some random broad and her personal feelings all of a sudden. Now granted, these random bars in the rub and tub ended up being sex, sexually trafficked and held against their will in this country. They're part of a big sex trafficking ring that now the New England Patriots and their owners going to be tied to. So now when you think of the New England Patriots, like, I'm sorry, like, there's six championships or however many championships they got or Tom Brady, whoever it is, or Bill Belichick. It's not the first thing I think about when I think about the New England Patriots. When I think about the New England Patriots, the first thing that pops into my head, no tuck rule. And anything that pops in my head, Deflate gate. You know what pops in my head? Spy gate. You know what that was gonna pop in my head? Rub and tub. Rub and tug. Sorry. Those are gonna be the things that are gonna pop in my head anytime I hear about the New England Patriots. And then I may remember the fact that they have six rings that for most people always think that they have cheated for. Now, the reason why this is being brought up here, by me, more than anything else, like now we understand the, we understand the major story that goes on here, right? That there is a big sex trafficking ring that needs to be brought to light. And there are a bunch of women that are caught up in this sex trafficking ring that they don't have any choice in their whereabouts. They don't have any choice in their actions. They're being basically they're being treated as slaves. They can't they basically they sleep inside of these sex inside of these these massage parlors. They help you know, they're brought to this country thinking that they're gonna get freedom and really what they're doing is is technically paying off their Debt from coming into their country, and by the time they can no longer pay the debt, they're probably already too washed up for anything else. So you understand, there's a, there's a we understand there's a big problem that's going on there. But the bigger issue isn't gonna get solved by me here today on this podcast. I get it. They're gonna use Robert Kraft to bring that to light, and that's what they should do. His name should be synonymous with sex trafficking. Because for his whole life, he has run a shady organization. And you know what? Maybe this comes and brings light in the whole entire shadiness of the New England Patriots. Now, where my particular issue comes into play, where I particularly have a problem with, is that Robert Kraft is going to get ultimately punished like a player. And that's where my problem is. And listen, there's probably nothing that they can do as of right now. But this is something that they should, and the players should fight about in the collective bargaining agreement. But they probably won't because they'd be too much of a coward. So this is going to be something that Roger Goodell's going to have to possibly do. And we got to see if he's not too much of a coward to do this as well. Because we all know that ultimately what you're trying, what I'm ultimately proposing is that he find a harsher way to punish his bosses. Yes. That's ultimately what's about to come down here. Because what I don't get is that how can you punish players the way you punish them or, or even hold them so much in the light to such high standards and yet they are being punished the same exact way or being held inside the same standards that owners are being held to? No, 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 no. I think that owners should be held to a slightly higher standard than that of the NFL player. Or owners, period, should be held to that of a higher standard than the player in general. So in this particular situation, where we're talking about, as an owner, he's going to lose about four to six games and maybe $500,000. I can understand, or, or at minimum $500,000, and, and I believe it may go up from there. I understand if you're a player, and for the average player, the loss of four to six games at $500,000, because that's to be even across the board. We're not just talking about your superstar players. We're talking about even the players all the way to 50, the 52nd man on the roster. Okay. This has to be something that 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 is equally hurtful to everybody. And losing a half a million dollars has to hurt almost everybody, especially if you're a bottom-feeding player. If you're a top player, you probably don't miss it so much, but it does hurt. 
to get a $300,000 paycheck. We only are supposed to get an $800,000 paycheck. You understand? That will hurt you. So now the bigger picture is that how can you make this even to where owners are feeling it the same exact way when they are punished, when they fuck up in the same exact manner that a player fucks up? And the way I look at this here is that if a player is getting four to six games of $500,000 taken away from their pocket, then I believe that the NFL team or whatever owner does something like this. And honestly, I didn't just come to this decision now that I thought about Robert Kraft. I was also I was also kind of wondering what kind of punishment should happen when we talked about Jim's er was it Jim Ursay, the, the owner of the I don't think it's Jim Ursay, but the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. When he got in his trouble, I remember then I I, I couldn't quite fandom about him being Put it the same way as players, but I didn't have a I didn't have a thought process of how he they should be punished as of them because we don't really run into too many owners like this. You understand? As you can see, I can't remember this owner's name, but there's only a few owners in the NFL that really stick out to you. Obviously, I'm a Jets fan, right? So obviously, Woody Johnson sticks out to me when it comes to owner of the NFL name. After that, we're talking about Robert Kraft. We're talking about the guy in 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 in, in Dallas. Um, Jerry Jones, and then we're talking about Art Rooney for the Rooney Rule, and uh, and that's the only reason why we're really talking about the um um the Pittsburgh Patriots, I mean the Pittsburgh Steelers um owner, cause not cause he's in the news or he makes himself known, it's because he has the Rooney Rule that says that you have to hire black people or at least give them a fucking chance. So when it comes to NFL own NFL owners, I wholeheartedly that they do not. They should not be punished the same way as a player is. Because ultimately, what is he doing? If you punish him with, with four games, four to six games, five thousand dollars, you might as well be giving him a vacation to him to go sip on some gin and juice. Right? So what I propose <laughs> is that if you're an NFL owner, or you're an owner period, but if you're an NFL owner in this particular case, that if you fuck up on this level. On this level where they think about, oh, this is amongst the same guidelines as the players, then you know what? There should be an owner's category for conduct detrimental to the league or for any of these things. There should be a player side and an owner side. And on the owner side, I'm sorry. Your law should, should be in the millions. It should start at a million. But for this particular case, I'd rather say a little bit more like five million. But it should start at a million. And that million... Doesn't necessarily need to come out of the owner's pocket. What that needs to be done, it needs to be added to the cap hit for that team. So in this particular case, I believe that this should be anywhere between a third to a first round pick that they have to forfeit. Who does that go to? It goes to nobody. But you should have to forfeit anywhere between a third and a first round pick. Also, you should have to take a $5 million to $20 million cap hit. So what ultimately I'm saying is that while you're punishing players with their ability to make money and and be on the stage that they need to be on, well, owners should be punished by, by being handicapped on being able to better their team or grow their team or build their team. That's where owners should feel this at. An owner being punished $500,000 is like me having to give up $5 for... Any crime, drug, misdemeanor, anything that's that. Like, you know what? Here goes your punishment, $5. And granted, while I'm an Army veteran, I would love to be getting that kind of treatment. But ultimately, that's not how things work. There should be a, there should be a third to first round pick that needs to be given up if you're an owner that, and you fuck up the way that Robert Kraft is fucking up. And pardon me, anytime I curse, you already know what has to come on. I can't just let this slide. We have to make sure that Robert Kraft is getting... Anybody that knows me knows that this like I already don't like the Patriots. So while maybe that it being Robert Kraft helped clear my mind that you know what this really isn't fair, and you need to think of something that is fair across the board before you just come and say like ah he's not being punished properly. No, this is viable. You need to be able to stop their ability to win or build their team. 
Because ultimately, this is what they have is their team. And the players have that stage. The owners don't care about being on that stage, but the owners care about their team. Being able to build their team and be productive every year. Put a product out there that would draw fans to want to watch. And nothing more says the fans are going to be mad at you if you're doing shit out there that costs them the ability to build through the draft. That costs you the ability to build through free agency. If they're taking cap hits, they can't build through free agency. If they're taking draft picks, they can't build through the draft. That needs to be the punishment for these owners. We're going to take a quick break. When we build back, we we're going to talk about somebody else that runs a team. But, unfortunately, he gets put in the news in a different light than this last ass clown Robert Kraft was. But that and more on the Mighty Sports Podcast. you on the game being taken advantage of isn't a game and it needs to stop aren't you tired of being ripped off by those other guys then head to multivest video games and get the value you deserve on your games and gaming products the games cost money and you shouldn't feel like you're just giving them away so why continuously buy a membership for prices and deals that you should be getting anyway Multivest Games not only has fair pricing and great trading deals, Multivest has a wide variety of games in all next-gen systems in the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox One series, as well as all your favorite old-school titles and systems, starting as early as Atari and Nintendo to as current as PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360s, and yes, that does include all of the PlayStation's, Nintendo systems, and Xboxes in between. They've been family-owned and operated for over 10 years, just off of the intersection of 183rd and 7th Avenue in the Nurses Registry Plaza. That's directly located at 830 Northwest 183rd Street, Miami Gones, Florida 33169. That's conveniently just 5 minutes from Sun Life Stadium, 790 the ticket, and, oh no, let's not forget, Tootsie's Adult Entertainment Center. Multi-Vest Games, where you save more so you can play more. The ultimate in adult entertainment has arrived, and the place to experience it is at the all-new and improved The Body Club. The Body Club. Formerly Club Secrets at 11340 Biscayne Boulevard. Seven days a week, we keep it popping. Like Make It Count Monday. Well, it is an entry before... The ultimate in adult entertainment has arrived, and the place to experience it is at the all-new and improved The Body Club. The Body Club. Formerly Club Secrets at 11340 Biscayne Boulevard. Seven days a week, we keep it popping. Like Make It Count Monday. Well, ladies, an entry before... Electroconvulsive Therapy Part 1. Let me put you on the game. Being taken advantage of isn't a game and it needs to stop. Aren't you tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then, head to Multivest Video Games and get the value you deserve on your games and gaming products. The games cost money, and you shouldn't feel like you're just giving them away. So why continuously buy a membership for prices and deals that you should be getting anyway? Multivest Games not only has fair pricing and great trading deals, Multivest has a wide variety of games in all next-gen systems in the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox One series, as well as all your favorite old-school titles and systems, starting as early as Atari and Nintendo to as current as PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360s, and yes, that does include all of the PlayStation's, Nintendo systems, and Xboxes in between. They've been family-owned and operated for over 10 years, just off of the intersection of 183rd and 7th Avenue in the Nurses Registry Plaza. That's directly located at 830 Northwest 183rd Street, Miami Gones, Florida 33169. That's conveniently just 5 minutes from Sun Life Stadium, 790 the ticket, and, oh no, let's not forget, Tootsie's Adult Entertainment Center. Multi-Vest Games, where you save more so you can play more. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, the Mighty the Smoke Mighty weed Sports. every day. The one and only talent, Omar Taylor. And if you're still listening, if you're still listening, the number one place I prefer you to listen at, which is MightySports.net. But don't worry. I'm tell you this right now. For the end of March, we are going to be working on making sure that we get on Google Play, 
um, iTunes, and other various platforms. Don't worry. We're coming to a platform near you. Season 4 will be heard worldwide. The revolution will be televised. But as we continue on to talk about these sports, because, oh, man, do we love our sports. Do, man, we love our sports so much that we talk about sports in our sleep. Or so I have been told by former lovers. I can't help myself that I love what I love. I can't help myself that, that I, I, I am just who I am. But earlier this week, we heard some terrible news about a head coach. A head coach that, that I absolutely adore from a distance. And probably a head coach that I never fully... That I, that I fully talk about enough. Lori Nelly, it'll get better. And that's Syracuse head coach Jim Bo- um, Jim Beheim. Jim Beheim is the only reason why Syracuse may be even recognized for the last 30, 20, 30 years. He is the only reason why Syracuse has a national championship. He has the only national championship for Syracuse in Syracuse history. He did it while having rookie phenom Camilla Anthony, who's also one of the first players, the only players to average 20 and 10 for a whole entire season. And also win as a rookie. Now, winning as a rookie isn't so much of a thing now because people only really play for one year. So you usually have a ton of a ton of one-year players that are just ganging up together. And I know I'm getting sidetracked from Jim Billingheim, but let me just tell you of what great of a job that Camilla Anthony has done throughout his career. And that's in, in, in the National College Association. Right? Was that before the era of these of, of really of one and dones, of true one and dones, right? Because it, that didn't happen the year that Camilla Anthony came out. That, that happened shortly after that because when Anthony came out the year that LeBron James came out. And it was because of LeBron James that they partially did that because they realized there was a guy that came out of high school that automatically had a $100 million sneaker deal. And they didn't want that. So they was like, okay, we're going to force you to college for a full year. Camilla Anthony came out. Camilla Anthony did one and done. He went to college for one year. He, I think he kind of raised his draft stock because he showed that he could win on the next level against a better competition. He had no other real stars on his team. What he did have was Jim Boheim's Jim Boheim's system in the in, in in playing zone defense, and then and then his offense that that predicated around around moving without the ball and moving the ball, and also at same at, at certain times in the game, this guy Camilla Anthony let him do his thing, and Camilla Anthony busted his ass on the offensive board and defensive board to get rebounds and second chance points. Camilla Anthony was a stud as a first-year player, playing by himself as the only star on a team and then going to win a championship. Now, here's the sad news. Jim Beheim um, committed vehicular manslaughter the other day where he happened to hit somebody in his, with his car on the highway and, yes, killed a man. Now, I guess the good news that you have to hear is that, well, first of all, he was coming from a restaurant after having dinner with his family as well, too. But part of the good news that you would have to hear is that he wasn't intoxicated. And he wasn't under the influence of any kind of drugs or any kind of narcotics. Even though he was coming from dinner, obviously he didn't have any drinks. And, and, and maybe he only had one drink, whatever it is. But it was shortly after a game. He had, he had dinner with the family. Before, and then he was heading out, to, um, he was heading out to, on to his next destination. Now, what particularly happened here was that the gentleman that he hit <clears throat> had already been in an accident. And the gentleman got out of his car and was trying to instruct cars to swerve around him so that they wouldn't accidentally hit his car or hit the debris in the road and run into him. Well, he didn't really make himself too known. At least not too particularly known. And Jim Beheim did not see the gentleman, swerves, and hits him. Um, right after he hits the gentleman, Jim Beheim turns himself into the, into the authorities and lets them immediately know what happened when, uh, and, and immediately informs of what happens. There isn't nothing nefarious here. There isn't anything extra here. There isn't any There isn't any added backstory. That, that's the story. That's what happened. This isn't like what's going on with Robert Kraft where they have him on tape and he is 100% guilty of receiving sexual acts, but because there's, there's a caveat inside of Florida that says 
that you can't release video of any individual that was part of a sex trafficking ring because of their, you know, protect their rights. So the one piece of evidence, evidence that can incriminate Robert Kraft is the one piece of evidence that cannot be released to the public. That, folks, is knowing how to do your dirt. That is knowing, okay, what is the, what is the worst thing that can happen if I get caught? I get publicly shamed and I get a misdemeanor. But I can also deny this. And what is the one piece of evidence that they have to do? To, and what is the one thing they'll have to do to be able to convict me of this? That's catch me on video. And what's the one thing that you can't do? You can't release video of anybody that has part of a sexual trafficking ring. So now comes the bigger picture. Did Robert Kraft know that these women were part of a sexual trafficking ring? Because that was very quickly... That, that little loophole was very, very, very quickly released. That, oh... This is part of a sexual trafficking ring. Well, we can't put anybody out of video that's been doing that. That's, that's Florida state law. Why do you think they're doing this kind of dirt in Florida? Makes him look even more guilty because they got you on tape twice. They identified it as you. We all know that wrinkly face. You were yelling Tom Brady's name as you orgasm. Like, it's you. We saw your deflated balls on the tape. It was you. Trying to make it seem harder for everybody else. But you know what? We'll let you get away with that. Because while you were exploding in the hands of, 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 of women that were being held against their, against their will, we had the greatest phenom in college sports today that had his biggest game of his career exploding on the court. And I'll tell you what we're talking about in a minute. We're going to take another quick break. We're going to return to the Mighty Sports Podcast right here on MightySports.net. I'm still your host, the one and only Dallas Dovartel. I'm telling you pretty soon you're going to have to call me Oz. I'll tell you that at the end of the show. Everything's a teaser. Everything's a teaser. I'm giving away nothing for free. Come on down to XF Martial Arts where you'll be able to take part in learning all the disciplines you need to be an extreme freestyle martial arts machine. Whether it's Taekwondo, Karate, Yoga, Summer, Spring, or Fall, XF Martial Arts has it all. For more information, class times, and dates, don't wait. Go to xfmartialarts.com and reserve your spot today. That's XF Martial Arts located at 2875 South Congress Avenue, Suite D, Delray Beach, Florida, 33445. Or call 5 6-1-2-7-6-1-7-7-4 and ask to speak with Sensei Cohen to reserve your free trial week. Just tell him Mighty Sports sent you. XF Martial Arts, where fun and discipline are one. Find millions of textbooks and solutions on the go. Marvel at how seamlessly it fits into your daily student activities. Walking through the quad, shopping for groceries, exercising, doing your laundry, dominating at the county fair, mashing down a black diamond, going for a sunset horseback ride, devouring Danielle Steele's latest page turner, feeding the bears, catching flying babies, letting loose with the gang. Intergalactic lightsaber battle. Saving an adorable puppy from a burning building. Or simply in the classroom. Find textbooks. Read e-textbooks. And get guided solutions. All in one place. Chegg. Improving the college experience, however you decide to live it. Back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, the one and only Dalton Tomatella. What did I tell you that name? Are you gonna have to call me again? Yeah, it's still gonna be Oz. Don't worry. We'll talk about that a little bit later. That, that, that's, that's just a little bit of tasseling thing. So, Zion Williams, who's talking about him? 
right? Zion Williams is the new greatest phenom in college sports, right? Like, basically, he's the most exciting player in college sports. When you talk about college sports and who you want to see play right now, it is Zion Williamson. We're talking about he is putting on games where there are where the seats are starting at ten grand. You know, you have twenty five hundred dollar tickets. You know what I mean? You, you, the president of the United States. Former president of the United States, president, former Barack Obama. You know what I mean? It's, it's coming out to come and watch you play. You have North Carolina versus North Carolina. You understand? It's the Duke versus versus the versus the it's the blue versus the blues, the blue bloods versus the blue bloods, and Zion Williamson. Explodes onto the court and literally explodes on the court. His shoe explodes on the court. I, I don't think you heard me. So, you guys have to realize. His shoe, this guy's shoe, as he went to go take a step, his shoe explodes on his court. And luckily for him, luckily for him, his knee didn't explode on the court. Now, he did tweak his knee or twist his knee, sprain his knee, but his knee didn't fully explode on the court, which is what the ultimate biggest fear was. And now, if you're like me, then you may have stock in Nike. And having stock in Nike basically says that an incident like this is going to drop the stock a little bit. Great. But we understand that Nike's going to recover. And Nike is ultimately a company that's in it for the is in it for the long game. So if Nike stock is down, and you know what you do? You buy Nike stock right now because Nike's going to fully recover. Now What's interesting to see now, and what Zion Williams has created now, is that not only do you now want to see if how he's, if he could recover now from this, but you also want to see if he's still explosive, right? If he's still explosive. So you want to see how he recovers. You're going to want to see now who his sneakers or which sneaker company he chooses. He now builds all of that. You want to see how he's going to recover and if he's going to play it in the necessary games to show you that he still got it. Then we're going to wonder what kind of sneaker deal he is going to sign when he gets out of here. Are you going to go with Nike? Do you now go with Reebok? Do you go with Puma? Do you go with Adidas? Do you go with Under Armour? Which I keep meaning to buy my damn self. And ultimately... The number one question, the number one question we're going to ask or wonder until it happens is, are you still going to be the number one pick? I, I mean, everything else will play out very nice. Like, we'll see we'll see R.J. Barrett or A.J. Barrett, and another question will be answered with him that, I'm going to really just talk about the, the question that strictly... Tied to Zayat Williamson. <clears throat> How is he going to recover? What kind of sneaker deal? Who is he going to pick for his next race for a sneaker deal? And where is he going to get drafted? The other stories are also going to start playing out. Well, we're going to see R.J. Barrick now start start to start cook a little bit. Because he's not going to have Zion Williamson there. Remember, R.J. Barrick was considered the number one pick in this draft. Until his teammate Zion Williamson came through there like a wrecking ball. So these are now the little side stories that we get a chance to take a look at. And talk, you know what? And talk about side stories. I've been meaning to bring this up for a while. I saw ESPN a couple weeks ago list the top five stories or things revolving around the NFL, right? And they basically, and when I saw that list and how they finally explained it, at the end I realized... You know what? All they did was tell you the top five stories that they will oversaturate 
through the offseason. <laughs> That's really what they said. They, like, they said something about, like, Avion Bell and, like, free agency and, like, that and, and Kyler Murray. And I'm like, basically, you just basically just told us your lineup for the NFL offseason and what we're and what we're gonna be overly talked about and the players and the people that are gonna get overly hyped over this offseason. But also something else I heard weird. And I heard it in two different platforms. And this is how you know that everybody's getting the same programming. At the same time that I heard Greeny and Go I heard Greeny on Get Up bringing up a topic and what they were gonna talk about. Uh, and basically, uh, and, and how he addressed it, I also heard Jason Fitz on Golick and Wingo say the same exact thing and talk about the same exact topic. And then, again, I hear, I hear um, Han Humpty, or Canty Humpty and everybody, Roethlisberger Humpty and Canty and they're talking, and I hear Humpty talking about the same exact topic that I hear at that same exact moment happening with Mike and Mike or Greeny and Go, or Golik and Wingo. So these guys have to do a little bit better with their programming directors. I understand that you tell everybody that you kind of want to talk about these topics, but you kind of have to switch up how they're talking about it or when they're talking about it. Because somebody like me, I'm consuming get up on one television. At the same time, I'm consuming. I'm I'm consuming Greeny and um Greeny and Golik or Golik and Wingo on another television while also consuming <laughs> while also consuming the undisputed on another television while on the radio listening to Han, to Humpty and Canty. Like I I'll be I am that person. Like I, I am I will get it from every angle whatsoever. <clears throat> And that's basically the way we're going to be covering Zion Williamson. It's going to be from every angle whatsoever. Sneaker deals, draft picks, recovery during the NCAA. And also, how like if if RJ Barrett, AJ Barrett, whatever, if Barrett keeps on balling, are you going to take away from him? And when you come back, or it, does your addition to this team help propel them back to being a national championship contending team? Will you win a national championship? All of that now continues to be the additional intrigue that comes off of one little injury. Now, <clears throat> very recently, oh man, we're making great time. Very recently, I, I finally, I finally, 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 it's like, oh, let's oh, talk about that. Let's let everybody know about about everybody that knows about my little stint in the hospital where I had to get two stints. I'm doing I'm doing great with my recovery. I can feel my I can feel my my full lung capacity coming back. I can feel my energy coming back. It's probably the best energy week that I've had since I've been now about a, about a month removed. This Friday will be a month removed, so I'm, so I'm feeling really good. I'm gonna give it about two more weeks before I go back to drinking. But as you can hear by the song. I still That's all I have to say I'm sorry for the pregnant pause I don't understand what a pregnant pause means What, what the fuck is a pregnant pause? I'm gonna have to look that shit the fuck up <clears throat> Every night Every day All the time So, I finally caught an AAF, AAF game. And, and I mean, like, really, really caught a game. Really sat down and caught the game. They're not, not highlights of the game. Not not a, 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 a watered-down version of the game where they're kind of, like, breezing through it. I actually sat here and caught a game from kickoff to, I don't want to say end buzzer, but from kickoff to a decent, to a decent amount in. Eh, it was pretty much the end of the game. It wasn't quite the buzz. I can't remember who the hell I watched. But I get it. I get it. And if you haven't watched the AAF game, you'll get it as soon as you watch it too. It's different than the first XFL. I don't know how this XFL is going to play out. 
all the time. I don't know how this XFL is going to play out. But I know this AAF is different than the last XFL. And that's because there's a lot of familiarity that goes on here. And, and, and I'll tell you, 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 when you watch it, you get it. Because it's, it's football. Football is football is football is football. And at the end of the day, we've gotten used to football. And we want to see football in a certain way. And we like college. And we, and we like the NFL. But do we really want a third kind of football? And that's, and that's really what it is. Because really, you want to figure out if you're calling yourself professional, then you want, something, you want it to look as professional as possible. Not only does this look professional as possible, it also sounds as professional as possible. Because you know what you have? You have a ton of familiar voices. On the commentary, you have people that used to com do commentary for the NFL. You have a lot of people that used to do, that, that you used to hear doing analysis for the NFL on the ESPNs and the Foxes and your local networks. You understand? So you got people that, are, that you're used to hearing their voices. You're hearing their voices in the AF. Because what happens, it all becomes a nostalgia gag. You'll be like, oh my God, yeah, I remember this guy. I remember his voice. And then it brings you back like, oh my God, to a different time in the NFL. It, now hearing this voice, it reminds you of the NFL. It is football still, but it reminds you of the NFL. And then you're watching the game. You start to watch the game. And you start looking at some of these coaches on the sideline and you realize, hey, I remember that coach. He used to be in the NFL. There you go with the familiar faces. <clears throat> so first you have the familiar voices. Then you start to have the familiar faces. And while you're watching it, now you start to think, you know what? This reminds me of football. It reminds you of the NFL. Then also, you start to get the familiar names. You start to hear former quarterback for the New York Jets, things like that. Former running back for the for the Indianapolis Colts, Trent Richardson. You, so now you hear the familiar voices. You see the familiar faces. And now you start to see the, on the familiar names on the back of the jerseys. You get familiar players, and it looks like the NFL, in a way, because it has their former commentators, it has their former coaches, it has a lot of their former players. But very quickly, you also start to realize that, yeah, this guy was a bum when he was on the Jets, throwing interceptions too, and he was throwing interceptions there on, on the NFL level, and he's throwing interceptions here, good riddance to him. But... Like I said, it reminds you of the NFL, and then the extra cherry on the on the on on on, on the on the on the cupcake, the icing, is that it's on the NFL Network. So you have NFL voices, NFL faces, and former NFL players on the NFL. Network and I get it. It reminds you of the NFL as much as the NFL as possible. Now, I'm not gonna lie, I am super intrigued now what's gonna happen with the XFL because you have to figure where the NFL is feeling such a way about this. But they're like, listen, these are not really trying to be our competitors, they're competing amongst themselves. Why not let them pay for our airtime during the summer? Because at, during this time, all we're playing are reruns and combine shit. So when it comes to the AAF, I get it. I'm going to tell you something that I don't get after these last commercial break. I got to show my love to my people. Y'all know. They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They joined because there is important work to be done and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, 
led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world, and they can respond, I became a soldier. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, the one and only Jonathan Omar Taylor. Pretty soon, we could have tried to be going by Oz. So, I just gave you a list of things that I got with the AAF. And I left you on all talking about things that I don't get. And it, and it goes into the NBA, right? You're in the NBA world now. It really it goes into the NBA. And it goes, and, and it's about the guy that has put up the second longest streak of 30 points scored in a game. Who cares? Right? I mean, I mean, what do you want? You want a cookie? Like, 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 like do you do you want, you know, let's, let's give him what we give to everybody. Let's just show him some respect, you know? Big up, big up. To James Harden for what he did with his scoring. Let's see if this is something that he can, that he can make consistent enough to be productive in the playoff, especially when it matters the most in the most clutch of moments. Because that's when he has ultimately failed to produce. But we're not here to talk about his streak right now. Because when it comes to streaking, you know. We're streaking! Who's streaking? There's, there's more coming. Everybody's doing it. Everybody is streaking in some kind of way. Even the New York Knicks. But what I don't get about our old buddy Jimmy Harden is how you, of all people in the NBA, have the audacity. And I mean the... Unlitigated gall to complain about the referees. You, the guy that gets the most flukiest of calls, the guy that goes to the line half the times because you do an offensive move that that makes it look like you're being fouled. Like like you, understand? Like James Harden complaining about. Not being able to get calls from one referee. It's like Ron Artest complaining about somebody playing too rough. Or Tom Brady complaining about the other team cheating. Like, like that's how absurd it sounds. You know, like, like, like <laughs> it's almost like when you heard about Kevin Durant like say that. The, the, the Milwaukee Bucks were, were a little too long. Which we get, but he's a long guy. You're like, oh, wow, they're too long for you? Like, like James Hardy, like, wow, you're complaining about the refs? So, like, li- literally, this had to be, like, a delight in the basketball world. Right? That he, out of all people, would complain about it. And listen, and and... I understand that Chris Paul backed him up. Well, Chris Paul's his teammate. What's Chris Paul supposed to say? Like, ah, James Harden, he's over-exaggerated. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's making it up. Like, there's just, no, he's going to protect his boy. And also, group talk, I'm pretty sure, between him and, and James Harden has, has made it seem like, okay, yeah, this guy is really after them. But James Harden. But finally, that streak is over, right? Let's just talk about that. That streak that, streak that he had is officially over. There is no more streak. Like, so like I said, I don't get that. I, I, I don't get James Harden ever thinking that it was okay or cool for him to complain about the referees where he gets some of the most BS calls that you can think of in an 
be a history. Like, like you understand? The only thing so far, not, the only thing about him, about him more egregious, about him complaining about calls, is the call that was on Boogie Cousins, where all he did was remove a basketball, a move a shoe, a shoe from the basketball court. Now I understand the rule says that you can't throw anything to the stand, but it was somebody's shoe. And I, and I keep understanding when you said like, well, let his teammate or let the opponent give the teammate or the opponent the opportunity to get the shoe. Instead, what you're doing is that you're throwing it over there, and it could be looked as like as a delay of game or something of the sorts. I can understand that as an explanation. But that's to say, oh, you can't throw something to the stand. It was something on the middle of the court. The next time there's something in the shoe, then you know what they all need to do? They all need to stop play. All players need to be like, item on the court and just pick up the ball and stop play and force the referee to stop play, to, to, to go there, pick it up, and, and allow whomsoever, he needs to pick it up himself, return it to the player, return it to the stands, and do whatever, since that referee wants to, wants to be such a dick, because that right there, that my friend, what right there, that was a dick move, you were a dickhead for doing that, you friend were an asshole, and, and like, Two dicks and no bitch, you, you find yourself in serious shit when you do stuff like that. Just say it. Because when we realize that James Harden is really just blowing off steam because he, he got called in this one game as if he was being called in the playoffs, which we can see now why he doesn't perform in the playoffs, because he expect he's expected to get all of these fluke phantom calls and he doesn't get them and, and he struggles and that's when his team loses but you can't have that in the same week that you have a referee teeing up boogie cousins literally just picking on boogie because it's boogie like you honestly right now have two guys on the team that probably gets picked on the most by any referee any referee at the national Fo national basketball association and that's draymond green and boogie cousins all he did was remove a shoe from the court. Somebody else's shoe, and you teed him up for that. And you know you know you fucked up because the NBA came back and reset the technical. But see, the thing about it is that while we while we understand that they reset the technical, we have to remember the kind of impact that those things have on the game itself. Those things cannot happen. It doesn't matter if it gets rescinded or not. They cannot happen because they have direct impact on the game. And the result of the game and the outcome of the game. Because somebody wants to be in their feelings. Like I said, I don't get it. But with one of the things... Well, I'm not getting that. I'm also going to say about some things that shouldn't be gotten. I'm kind of on the fence, Knicks fans. And you know what? Let me make sure I talk to my Knicks fans in the way I know how to talk to my Knicks fans. Let me make sure I talk to you guys. In the language that 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 we that we talking because you know we 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 speak in a different language. So Nick fans, Hey, Natalie, I know you're listening. So, <clears throat> Knicks fans, we're gonna end the show with you guys. We and you, we and you, we're gonna we're gonna sit here and we're gonna wrap we're gonna wrap this evening because we kind of need to talk. We've been through a lot, Knicks fans. We've been through basically since the, the days of Patrick Ewing. It feels like we've been through some rough turmoils. Stefan Marbury, Jamal Crawford, Eddie Johnson, or Eddie, whatever his name was, Eddie Curry, Camilla Anthony. We've been through some rough patches. Christoph Porzingis. But every single time we, we do these things, we come out and we survive. We're survivors, right? That's what we are. But we're also prisoners of the moment. 
And we like to do the same retarded thing and repeat the same actions and the same motions. And we constantly say that I wish we had, that we should get players that want to come to New York. You know what I mean? And you guys don't realize that we've, for a lot of times, signed players that came, wanted to come to New York. And when they came, they just didn't quite pan out. Uh, a lot of times they use New York as as a step, as a final resting place to end their career or get a nice little payday. Or get their last big payday. Before going on to other team and playing other uh, minimal roles. Or just using them to rest up for a year to go be productive with other teams. You see, we've been the stepping stone for other teams, for players to go on elsewhere to do bigger things, Period. So for once, the Knicks are in a position where we got a, uh, a bunch of draft picks coming up. And we can have anywhere between the first and the third draft pick this season. And I already told you two of the top phenoms coming out of the draft. A.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson. But also what we did is that we acquired another... I guess I want to say young star, young rising star, and Dennis Smith Jr. That I hope we keep, even if we get the two guys I'm about to mention next. By, get, by getting rid of Porzingis and Enos Kanter and some other players. Now, the place that keeps getting me nervous about are the Knicks in free agency. And it's because we get the things that, oh, get players that want to come play for New York. Get players that want to be here as if anybody that signs a contract technically doesn't want to be in New York. They, they want to be in New York regardless of what their motives are. You understand? Nobody that signs here and comes here as a free agent doesn't want to be in New York. It's just what are your motives for wanting to be in New York? And that's ultimately what we what we need to look at is what are your motives for wanting to be in New York? What is your motives for wanting to be here? A lot of people's voters were unpure and it showed in their game on the court. So what the Knicks have done with their most recent move is that they've allowed themselves to, to be able to sign two max players. And when we say two max players, let's start the two biggest names that are out there, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Now, I also thought these two very these two big names very ironically because these are also two players that have made, that have been tied to wanting to come to New York. And while in most situations... And I think that most people will probably love getting Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I'm not one of those people. Once again, I see this as being one of the same old things. I have a problem with Kyrie Irving's injury history. Where I feel like if we sign Kyrie Irving, we are always going to be missing Kyrie Irving in the key moments that we need him. And that is always going to be as the season has taken its toll on him in the playoffs. Now... What's going to end up happening? And this is why I don't understand what Knicks players are talking about. Where if you get Kyrie with Kevin Durant, why would you get him want to get rid of Dennis Smith Jr.? Dennis Smith Jr. is a young stud. If anything, play him at the two beside Kyrie. Have him come off the bench after Kyrie. But let him learn from Kyrie. Let him work on his handles with Kyrie. Let him work on his jump shot with Kyrie. If Kyrie is going to come to the team, you can't give it to Dennis Smith Jr. He is more important to me. Keeping him is more important to me than signing. Than, than signing. If you get Kyrie Irving, it's more important that you keep Dennis Smith Jr. than get rid of him. Because then you can let him learn. See, he gets it. If you've seen what he has done lately as the Knicks are now on a two-game winning streak and based off their next opponent, they could actually be on a three-game winning streak. And let me get this out of the way now. Only the Knicks can make you feel disappointed in their winning. Because... The Knicks have the Knicks have had the worst record in the league now for some time, and I would like them to continue to have the worst record in the league. I understand that the teams with the top, the the worst, the top, the bottom three teams, or the teams with the, with the worst record, right? The top three teams with the worst record, or the teams with the worst with the, you know what I'm trying to say, are gonna get the same amount of equal picks in the lottery. So the first, second, and third team, it doesn't really matter which one you are, as long as you're in the bottom three, you all get the same amount of ball choices so the Knicks can't really get out of third but I just don't want to see them at this point in time mess it up I guess you can say 
But if they can't let if they can't lower their chances any bit, then them winning isn't a complete horrible thing as we go into overtime. Not in the not in the Portland and Boston game, but Boston looks like they're about to win another back another game at home. This is gonna be back to back losses. Last night they lost to or their last loss was just to Crap, who did Toronto. There we go. And now they're about to lose to Portland. As they're down to Portland, Portland's leading 64 to 55 with three minutes left to go in the third. You need, if you get Kyrie Irving, you, you're going to need some real, real, real point guard security. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Look at his time in Cleveland from beginning to end. Look at his time in Boston from beginning to end. And if he comes to New York, you're going to be having the same exact issue. At this point in time... I, I, there's a part of me that, that really wants to shy away from him and say, you know what? Let Dennis Smith Jr. continue to run point. Go after Tobias Harris and Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant. Go after some... I, and, and and I say Kimball Walker, but I'm not a big fan of Kimball Walker as a small guard. But Kimball Walker would love to have a guy to, be, to, to finally be playing with a guy like Kevin Durant and... He'll automatically be like, hey, I'm going to be the opposite of what you were with Russ and try to be more like how you are with with, 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 with Golden State and just try to get you the ball as much as possible. They'll, they'll figure that out in some kind of half-assed mixture of a, of a, of a coaching lineup or, or <laughs> coaching trust that's going to be somewhere between what he had in Oklahoma City and what he had has now in Golden State. They're going to try some half-ass effort towards it. I don't know how pretty he's going to look, but nobody's going to expect him to win in his first year. And then his second year is where you're going to start judging him off of, really. And then we'll see from there. Because then from there, we're talking about additional draft picks. Then from there, we're talking... We're talking about, hopefully, additional... And we're talking about draft picks that you want to keep. I don't want to keep getting rid of young talent to try to add win-now pieces. If people want to come there, let them come there in their offseason. There's no way to start saying like, hey, we are going to give up this draft pick and this draft pick to try to, you know, to come in and get and swoop in and get whomsoever. No. No, 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 no. Let people keep their baggage. But, like I, but if there's a way you could get Anthony Davis, though. Nah, nah, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Randy Davis is another guy that I don't trust, based off his injury, based off his past injuries. That's that's how, that's how I feel, Knicks fans. Like you got, you have to find something else. Like Kyrie Irving makes me real scared. I'm telling you right here, and and and, and you're gonna hear me. I'm gonna keep preaching it. Kyrie Irving scares the shit out of me as a player. By the time he's gonna get to the Knicks, or he comes out of this, or he goes into for his next contract. Because granted, we're all gonna remember Kyrie Irving putting up twenty something points or whatever it is, you know, in the in the finals and the shot that he made in the finals. But what we really need to look at is his age and how many injuries he has had, how many times he's had to repair those knees of his, and how long he has to work. He's gonna have to work like that. Because listen, it's part of the reason I used to knock Kyrie in Cleveland. And when I was doing the, when I was doing my comparisons between him and Kurt, him and Steph, and I'm like, listen. You have to look at some people and you have to realize that when some people are just fluid with their emotion and some people have a little bit more a little bit more explosion and irky jerkiness to them. That irky jerkiness um takes a little takes a toll on the on the body. It takes a it takes a toll on on, on your limbs. And they're taking a toll on, on Kyrie Irving. I love him as a player. I don't know if I'm gonna love him as a Nick. And that, and that's and that's where my and that's where it comes from. I love him as a player. I don't know if I'm gonna love him as a Nick, like, cause as a, as a as a regular player, he he can't let me down. When he gets injured for Boston, he's not letting me down. When he gets injured in Cleveland, he's not letting me down. When he gets injured on his next team, he's not letting me down. Not letting me down. He's not letting my team down. His injury doesn't defect doesn't interfere with my team and how good or well are they gonna play, or if they're gonna win in the finals, if we're gonna have a possibility of winning the championship. No, but if he comes to the Knicks, his injuries are gonna do that. And I don't know if I want that from Kyrie. But man, I do kind of want Kyrie on the team. 
when it comes back full circle. That's the case. You got to keep Dennis Smith Jr. You have to find a way to keep this guy because you can't just get rid of a guy like Dennis Smith Jr. then. That young, that athletic, with that much ceiling, that coachable. Like, you almost have to keep him as, ins as, a, as, as insurance. Like, Frank isn't a guy to keep. Oh, you know, I, I think you still keep Frank, too. Let Frank come off the bench, too, and play defense with the second unit. You know what I mean? Like, use Frank how they use Marcus Smart. You know, like, if he turns into that guy. You know I mean? He's a little bit less emotional than Marcus Smart, but let's see if he turns into that guy. Let's see if he turns into Doug Christie. So that, that's uh, we're gonna talk about this again next week, or we're gonna talk about something else again next week. But this isn't the last time you're gonna hear me talk about this. Let's put it that way. We're gonna continue as as <laughs> as as you heard ESPN put out their things. They're gonna talk about a couple of things. You're gonna guarantee out. You're gonna hear me talking about here is the free agencies that the Knicks keep get uh, are, are continuously tied to as as they move into free agency or this offseason and the flukiness of James Harden's game. Yes, those things will constantly be on my mind. And do you guys realize that? Uh, 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 uh. Let me stop. Uh, do you guys realize that Camilla Anthony still haven't signed with a team yet? And I'm gonna tell you why. It's because the Lakers aren't making the playoffs. We're gonna talk again next week, right here. Same place on MightySports.net. I am your host, the one and only Dallin Thomas Taylor. Just remember, embrace what you love and stay forever, y'all. Let the optimism on tomorrow be your foundation for today. Remember that, Natalie. I am gone. <coughs>